Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's these myths around dermaplaning. It's like the origin of dermaplaning is one question. Like who started the myth of your hair is going to grow back thicker and darker? That's why a lot of people are so hesitant. And it's just, we all know that's not true. It can't happen. It's physiologically not going to happen. I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Los Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Kirby, I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm super excited. This is something I do on the regular. On the regular. Every few days, I'm once a week if I remember. Sometimes twice a week if I forget. But it is something that it is it is very much a thing that we both love and do. I feel like I'm constantly trying to get people in my life to do it and they don't. So I, I'm going to send them this episode to be like your hair is not going to grow back thicker yes yes so I love that it's like if I remember because literally I can't forget I'm always reminded of the little hairs that grow on my upper lip Kirby, you know what it is? Shave me, shave me. <laughs> you know what it is for me is because my I'm wearing contacts and my eye I'm like so blind that like I when I'm looking in the mirror I can't see like any details of my face up close unless I remove my contacts and at the end of the night then I see my upper lip and I'm like holy shit how long has this mustache been here? <laughs> you know what's crazy is I think Mary Phillips talked about this with Bobby Brown um, during an Instagram live, but both Bobby and Mary keep tweezers in their car. And I know a lot of people are still like not driving, not going places. So it's like a very different time. But after I, I heard them talk about this, I was like, you know what? You're so right. Because in the car, you never look good in the car. You're seeing literally everything that, like, before I go see Dr. Samuelitis, I look at myself in my car rear view and I'm like, okay, we gotta fix this. We gotta get this touched up. But I now keep a pair of tweezers in my car. And now I'm thinking, should I just like buy Stack Skincare's dermaplaning tool and keep one in the car so I can just do a little boop, 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 boop? When you, you're Pulled to the side of the road, not driving. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Not, not driving. <laughs> listen, listen. Do you expect me? I don't even do my makeup in the car. Yeah, okay, no, so okay. like, I know. I just had. We just had to say that. You know, I had. Don't to, shave and drive. Yeah, don't shave your face and drive. I don't even. Don't even put mascara on and drive, people. Just please pull please to the don't. side of the road, please. So uh, the the point being here is we have the Carrie Benjamin of Stack Skincare on the podcast. Carrie, I feel like had a really big moment like four or five years ago 
um, because she was talking a lot about the importance of chemical exfoliation in peels. And then she started talking about the fact that she dermaplanes. And if you go see Carrie, who is an esthetician, she dermaplanes during the treatment. I had never had a dermaplaning uh, add-on or anything of that sort during a professional facial before. And I was psyched because have we ever really talked about like shaving our face on this podcast? I Maybe we haven't, even though it's something that we both do. I don't, I guess maybe we haven't. I feel like people who follow us probably know. If you've been following us for a long time, you know that we go see Carrie to get professionally dermaplaned, but I guess we haven't. Yeah, that's so crazy because it's such a big part of my life. Like, yeah, I, I literally, one of the top videos at Pop Sugar, I, I, I would liken to guess it's still one of their top videos or top posts is I'm a woman and I shave my face. And I wrote it maybe like six seven years ago that's such a six seven years ago article right isn't it so clickbaity so (laughs) clickbaity and like if you were to publish that now people would be like shut the hell up yeah dumb (laughs) stupid what the hell would you tell me that women do we don't have to shave our faces we don't have to shave our faces okay well listen i do have to shave my face i find joy out of it I find joy and gratification out of it. And um and your my my skin personally for me, like it is it it's so bright after shaving. Like it's it's never no amount of vitamin C or you know, other exfoliating products that I use can get me to look this bright because you are literally shaving off all of the peach fuzz and the dead skin off my skin so and if you see sarah's face in real life if you've met sarah you know she has like this perfectly it's like a creamy beautiful skin tone like just perfect like i have melasma right so when i look at sarah's skin i'm like this bitch like perfectly pristine skin i have melasma i have facial hair so i also see this this magical glow that Sarah's talking about. But like Sarah is like, it's like she's radioactive afterwards. Like literally her skin is just glow wing. So we both sing the praises of dermaplaning. We wanted to really break down who is this best for? What is the right way to dermaplane your face? Dermaplaning, y'all, is just another term for shaving. You're shaving your damn face. I'll be honest, sometimes if I'm in the shower, I'll take my freaking razor and do a little shave on the my lower half of my face. You know what? Because oh my God. I live on the edge. So I was just going to say like, don't do that. This is not, don't do it with like your big razor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, right. Well, Harry's is doing me good. I. Yeah. Well, you really love Harry's and listen, by all means, you, you're a professional who knows what they're I've doing. I've been doing this so long, y'all. I've been doing it so long. But I really feel like this episode is for people who are curious. They want to know the benefits of dermaplaning. Maybe it's not even to remove facial hair. Maybe it's just you want a different type of physical, mechanical exfoliation. I know that we talk a lot about how people have demonized physical exfoliation. I know that there are good intentions behind that, but I don't think it's fair because I personally love a good physical exfoliation. And Frankly, it's really great for melasma, especially if you have it on like your forehead or like the sides of your cheeks and stuff like that. So all that to say, let's introduce Carrie 
Who is Carrie and what what is she all about, Sarah? Yeah, so Carrie, she has, and she'll talk a little bit about this in our interview with her, she has always had eczema. And so that really, you know, was the reason why she went into becoming um, an esthetician. And she is, like uh, Kirby said, based in L.A. And she has, she actually uh, operates her spot uh, from her house, which is this like cute little house by the beach. In 2014, after she received her esthetician's license, she launched Stacked Skincare. And it was based on the technique of combining or quote unquote stacking professional grade treatments to drive actives deeper into the skin and address multiple multiple concerns all at once. So yes, not only does Carrie, um, you know, offer these professional treatments, she also has her own skincare line. Um, and I'm actually a, a huge fan of like a lot of her products. Like her peels are really, really good. Her peels are so good, y'all. Have Have you ever used the body peel? that she developed yes i was so excited too so good so good she's like just knows a lot about exfoliating the body and the skin yes (laughs) and if you look at her like she looks great like i want whatever carrie's having oh yeah she looks incredible she also makes a high frequency uh device so if you deal with like under the skin pimples that never come to a head I high, this high frequency device has really changed the game for me when it comes to because I get under the skin pimples from time to time. I'm like, where did this come from? Why is this happening? It's never consistent. It's always kind of weird and in a weird spot. Um, and it comes with three different heads. It's super, super useful. I personally love using it um, just like when I'm giving myself an at-home facial. And she also makes some incredible bamboo face towels. Mm. So I have not used a cotton square cotton ball in probably over 18 months now, Sarah. Like, Good for you. I'm so proud of myself. I still need to figure out the Q-tip situation because I always go back to the Q-tips. But yeah. in terms of like removing makeup or applying a essence or a toner or whatever, like something that, you know, I'm just taking the excess makeup off of my skin. These bamboo face towels, they they're $24. They come in a little like netted bag and then they s- slip onto your hand, kind of like a mitt, but it doesn't cover your entire hand. And then you can use it however you want all over your face. I'm I'm such a huge fan of these bamboo face towels. So if you're looking to kind of get rid of your cotton ball addiction <laughs> look into these you know the reason why i have them on hand still is because i can't find anything to like like a sustainable way to remove my nail polish oh yeah that's hard and you don't want to ruin these are beautiful yeah. okay they're bamboo oh, so yeah. you don't want to f those up putting like and you love red nail polish it would just be disgusting and the polish is it's you don't want to throw that in your your laundry machine no 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 no, no. get all over your clothes yeah. yeah so if anyone knows of an alternative let me know so carrie is all about combining exfoliation serums and tools that's like what she is about um and so she is going to talk a lot about obviously dermaplaning and the tool that she created so that it's the tool that uh, kirby and i use at home to dermaplane to shave our faces um, it's probably the one that you, well, it is the one that you see when you Google because it's the first one that pops up. Yep. Um, so yeah, she's going to get into all of that. And mm, I feel like the, one of the most important things she talks about is like she debunks the myths that are 
you know, attributed to um, to dermaplaning and shaving your face. The people, the reason why so many of you have not tried it yet. And I know some people have have tried it and it's not for you and that's totally fine. But if you are curious and you want to learn a little bit more, maybe you have tried it, didn't think it was for you and you're like, hey, maybe I should check this out again. Listen to this episode. One thing we just did want to note is we asked Carrie, like, where did dermaplaning even get started? And she's like, I don't even know. I'll have to get back to you. And we did some light research. Really, there's not like one person or one event that kind of put dermaplaning on the map, um, but it has been used in dermatology and talked about in dermatology journals for the past 40 years. So this is something that has been around for a while, um, and we wanted to make sure that y'all knew that. But enjoy this episode, Carrie, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Hi. We are so excited to finally have you on. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for hosting me. Of course. So we're going to kick off this episode, like every episode, with What's on Your Face? (laughs) Carrie, what are you loving right now? Obviously a skincare junkie, but really what I'm loving is the no makeup makeup look. And so I have been obsessed um, since the pandemic with magnetic lashes and I'm loving moxie lash lately. So that's what I have on right now. And Gorge. it's super easy to use. They last forever. That's what I have on my face. The lashes just look so flirty and fluffy and just beautiful. They're so fun. I have the wifey ones, which I think are fabulous. They're a little bit a lot, but not too much. And they're super totally. easy to use. They have this little thing. It's a magnetic eyeliner and you just Stick the magnetic liner on it, let it sit for like a minute or two, maybe three, and then just put them on. So easy. So much easier than the OG pairs that came out where you had to like put it on top and then put a magnet on bottom. I know. I tried those and yeah, that was quickly. This is a brilliant idea with a magnetic liner. It's so easy. They don't bother my eyes, which is amazing because you know, I have so many allergies and um, my eyes are really, really sensitive and they usually get really irritated with stuff, but these are like, I have no problem with them. I'm going to have to look into these. They look incredible. Yeah. They're a great brand. They're super fun. They have lots of different, there's tons of different lashes. So if you want to go like full blown, like club or just like a little bit on the end, you know, (laughs) God help whoever's head into a club right now. (laughs) Okay. So Carrie, you are here because you are the queen of dermaplaning. You know everything that there is to know about this. You were the first person who taught me about dermaplaning, and you're the only person who I've ever gone to who's actually dermaplaned my face. I don't know about you, Kirby, but I remember the first time I went in and you did my face, I was like, holy, why have I not been doing this my entire life? My skin is glowing. And I remember like I needed to tell everyone about it. Changed my life, for sure. But there are still people who don't know, you know, what dermaplaning is, and they're very scared about it. So we want you to tell us everything you know. You're going to, like, debunk a bunch of myths. But let's start at the very beginning. What is dermaplaning, and where does it come from? Dermaplaning is a form of exfoliation. It's a physical exfoliation. It's using a single-edge sharp blade 
to remove dead skin and also obviously gonna remove the peach fuzz or what we call vellus hair on your face. I love it because it's great for all skin types, all skin concerns from dark to light. It's women that are pregnant that are suffering from dry or you know congestion or acne. The only people that really can't do dermaplaning are those that have pustular acne. Obviously, you don't want to spread the bacteria, but if you have a pimple or two, you can work around it. If you're suffering with acne, we need to solve that before you start dermaplaning. But it's a really easy, no downtime solution to instantly brighten and smooth your skin. It's going to allow your skincare products to work a lot better, harder. Your makeup is going to go on smoother. It's going to keep your skin clear and healthy because by removing that dead layer, if you do suffer with acne or congestion, removing that outer dead layer of skin is going to really help the overall health of your skin and keeping it clear. Who like invented dermaplaning? Who discovered this as like a skincare treatment? You know, I should know the answer to this. I actually don't know where the evolution of dermaplaning came from. In a professional setting, we use a 10 blade scalpel. And so, you know, when I went to design our tool for home, I really tried to mimic that, but make it safe. So people, you know, weren't obviously cutting up their faces, but I got to imagine it started in some dermatology practice somewhere, but I actually don't know the origins of who discovered, and I'm going to look that up and get back to you. Let's just say that Carrie did. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I invented it. Whenever I learned about it, I was obsessed with it and was like, I need to bring this into my spa. And then I realized like, I need to bring this to the world and people need to start dermaplaning at home because it's so easy and it's so good for your skin. This is obviously not like the origin of like when people started dermaplaning, but when I first shaved my face, because let's be real, you are like shaving your face here. I remember one thing that kind of put me at ease was reading that Marilyn Monroe and Elizabeth Taylor both had shaved their faces pre-photo shoot, pre-filming, all of that good stuff. And I was like, all right, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Because growing up, I always had a thick, hairy mustache. It might have been blonde. It made me so insecure. I would resort to Nair. I had an upper lip burn like first day of sixth grade. It was like really horrendous. I wanted to do everything possible to get rid of it, but I couldn't wax because my skin would break out. I tried threading basically got pustular acne like all over my face from from threading and it's very painful people that do threading I'm like y'all are on some next level shit because like that (laughs) stuff hurts it it hurts so bad I tried it once almost passed out and was like I'm never doing this again yeah I was like I can't like my brow hairs are so like the little plugs in my hair that like keep them in my skin those suckers hurt when you're even just trying to pluck them out. Like doing the thread thing, I'm like, this is crazy. And your forehead region, it's like you're crying. You were crying when they're threading your brows. I mean, I know a lot of people prefer threading over waxing and there's so many reasons why. And I know some people love waxing. But for me, hair removal was a struggle. And, you know, I even looked into hair, laser hair removal. I tried it when I was in college I didn't get enough sessions for it to really like do anything significant to my hair growth. And also laser hair removal, it's not permanent reduction in your hair growth. Like it's something that you really have to maintain throughout the rest of your life to like see the results of. So I say all of this because 
I think dermaplaning is more friendly to say than shaving your face because women are like, I don't want to shave my face. But dermaplaning was really the last resort. And I remember when I did it, I was like, damn, why did it take me this long? Why did I suffer for so long? And I really just did it as a means of hair removal. But then I noticed how great my skin felt. I turned all my friends onto it. They were obsessed. So I remember when I first met you, Carrie, you were the first esthetician that ever performed a dermaplaning treatment on me in a facial setting similar to Sarah. So thanks for that. You're welcome. Yeah, I thank you for allowing me and trusting me with your faces. You know, it's so interesting. I think the reason why it probably took you so long is that there's these myths around dermaplaning it's like the origin of dermaplaning is one question. Like who started the myth of your hair is going to grow back thicker and darker? I mean, like that just needs to be taken out behind the barn <laughs> and like shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that that's why a lot of people are so hesitant and it's just, we all know that's not true. It can't happen. It's physiologically not going to happen, but um, you know, it's kind of like when you were growing up, I don't know if you guys experienced this and you started to shave your legs and your mom was like, don't go above your knee. And you yes. were like, why? You know, and I remember one day I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to do the whole thing. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm going crazy and, with this. <laughs> well, Carrie, I think that's such a great point. I think this myth, have our mothers contributed to this myth? Because maybe it was a thing where they didn't want us to have to start shaving our legs before. Because once you start, you can't stop, right? Or, or that's like the mentality. Well, that's what they told us, but that's not really true. You can totally stop. If you just decided to let your hair grow back again, whether it's your legs, your pits, your face, it's going to grow back the same way. Unless you're dealing with some type of hormonal condition, which we know is the only reason that only thing that's really going to impact the texture of your hair is your hormones. Yes. And that's a such a valid point because I know I talk a lot about shaving my face and a lot of women are like, I wish I could shave my face, but I have PCOS where I deal with like hormonal fluctuations. It's really hard for me. I think also another thing that's important to note too, Carrie, is you basically said like your hair is going to grow back the same thickness, the same color, the same everything as it was before you shaved it. So theoretically you do have darker hair on your face, it will grow back dark, the same darkness, the same thickness as it mm -hmm. was. So if you're looking to shave your face, but then are expecting the hair to grow back lighter, blonder, thinner, that's not going to happen either. Well, here's what happens. You know, I used to treat a lot of people with PCOS. And in fact, they liked it because you know, if it was growing back thicker, it would help control some of it. So it doesn't mean that just because you have that condition, you don't have to do it. In fact, you might want to do it more often. But a lot of times, you know, the thicker, people think it's thicker, you know, grows in a blunt edge. So if you're touching your face, which you shouldn't be, it will feel a little thicker while it's growing out. And then the thing with the darkness that I noticed is ethnic women have darker peach fuzz. And so if you've never dermaplaned before, and then you dermaplane and you notice how bright your skin is after the treatment. And then you let your hair grow back. It's a perception thing. You think it grew back darker because you didn't notice before the dermaplaning that that's actually totally, what it looked yes. like. <laughs> and you think it got darker because of the treatment. So it's actually exactly the same. And if you were happy with it brighter, then just keep dermaplaning. Totally. There you go. She set set the record straight. Yes, she did. Okay, so you said people with pustular, like cystic acne, this is not the way to go. 
dermaplaning is not going to be the the magic key to get rid of your cystic or pustular acne. It could actually be bad for your skin. Is that what you're saying? Well, I just worry about if you have a lot of it, like if your cheeks are full of pustular acne, you don't want to nick yourself and spread bacteria. We can treat that in a lot of other ways to get that under control before you start dermaplaning. If you just have like one or two, then you can work around that area. It's great for people with cystic acne because you're going to remove that, you know, outer layer and your products are going to get in deeper. So really it's just the concern of a lot of active pustular acne. You don't want to be spreading that bacteria around your face and you could nick yourself. So that's the biggest concern. People that might have eczema or hypersensitive skin, obviously they're probably very cautious about doing anything too abrasive to their skin. And I'm sure you have clients that come in and say, well, I have, you know, this concern or that concern. I have sensitive skin, overly reactive skin. What do you tell them? You know, I became an esthetician because of my eczema. So I'm very familiar with sensitive skin conditions. Certainly if you're having a flare up, I would not recommend dermaplaning over it. So if you've got like, you know, dry, crusty skin from either eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, you know, there's better things to like peels, I would recommend to gently exfoliate your skin and calm that inflammation. You know, if you have sensitive skin, you know, the the blade that I designed is a really sharp blade. It's actually great for sensitive skin because you don't need to push on it. It's not abrasive. If it's not as sharp, I wouldn't recommend using it. It can be very irritating. If you're never used to doing a treatment like this, you can have a little bit of a reaction. Your skin has an amazing way of adjusting, so I wouldn't give up on it. So if you have a little bit of a reaction, sometimes you get little bumps. I mean, this happens very rarely. I saw it maybe 1% to 2% of my clients. Just grab some hydrocortisone cream, get down to the basics, you know, basic cleanser, use the hydrocortisone like two or three times a day. And then just, you know, really basic moisturizer and SPF, it usually will clear up after one or two applications. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks time, you can try dermaplaning again. Typically, if it happens once, that's just your skin kind of like getting, it'll get used to it. So I have seen that every once in a while. I always tell people don't freak out. Hydrocortisone cream, I wouldn't recommend using it on the daily, but, you know, it's really great to just solve the problem if that happens. So you can just calm the inflammation, get the bumps down get your skin back to like, you know, normal. And then I would give it another try. If you're kind of afraid to do it again, you can even just spot treat like one cheek, try it again. Cause I wouldn't, I don't recommend just ditching it all together. A lot of times people that have sensitive skin or they think they have sensitive skin, they try something once and their skin freaks out and then they ditch it. And the thing is, is your skin, it just needs to adjust. So before you just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, (laughs) you know, allow your skin to uh, heal and and give it another try. Okay. So one of the top search words on Google when it comes to dermaplaning, and maybe you know this, Carrie, is dermaplaning regret. (laughs) Did you know this? No. First of all, if you type in dermaplaning, the first search that comes up is your blade. So kudos to you. But then when you look at the most commonly searched keywords around dermaplaning, dermaplaning regret was one. And I kind of LOL to myself like, haha, dermaplaning regret. How funny. (laughs) But some people clearly have some regret. What may cause someone to regret dermaplaning, Carrie? I guess kind of what we were just talking about maybe is these two myths. 
the people that make the comments about this, no matter what you say, they are 100% convinced that their hair grew back thicker and darker, that to this day, they might've done it five years ago. And you know that's their regret because they honestly truly believe that it's thicker and darker. I'm assuming that's their regret, but I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any other answers? I actually think what you talked about when somebody does a treatment like dermaplaning and then they get the inflammation afterwards, I've had actually a lot of people message me and say, oh, I can't dermaplane because I got bumps after I did it. And we are very much a proponent of like, you shouldn't give up on something right out the gate, but we also are a proponent of like knowing when to quit too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some treatments are just not right for some people. Exactly. But doesn't mean that you got a reaction the first time that- you're going to get that again. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Totally. I think the same kind of concern can be said for like chemical exfoliants too. Like some people with chemical exfoliants are like, oh, I broke out after I used this product. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you need to keep using it. Exactly. It's doing its job. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So Carrie, let's walk through your dermaplaning routine regimen. First of all, What should our skin be like? Should your skin be wet or dry? How should we prep our skin for dermaplaning? Always clean, dry skin. So first thing you want to do is obviously cleanse your face. If you had makeup on, I would recommend double cleansing and just fully removing everything. I pull my hair back and the drier your skin, the better. You're going to remove the most amount of peach fuzz and dead skin. I do see people using oil, I'm not a big proponent of it because basically you're really not going to be removing the dead skin if you put oil on. And really for me, the whole point is it's exfoliation. So you're going to get a much better treatment. Now, if your skin's too sensitive, like we talked about, or if you feel like you want to ease into it, you could certainly apply like a thin layer of um, oil or maybe even like a hyaluronic acid serum or something like that. But my preferred method and the way you're supposed to do it is on clean, dry skin. That's how I would recommend doing it. Perfect. In a professional setting, to dry the skin out a little bit more, sometimes we'll use what we call a Jessner's peel before the treatment, and it'll just get it a little bit more dry. It'll just bring some stuff to the surface so you can get a lot more of that dead skin off. I know that some people, they want their skin to have a little bit of a slip when they apply the dermaplaning tool. For me personally, since I use yours pretty religiously. Yours is sharp. You're not playing around. Like this feels like a professional (laughs) tool, right? Like obviously you said you made it to mimic the scalpel you use, but obviously safe for consumers to use at home. But I even, as someone who has been doing this for a while, have to be careful too. And I love that. I would never want to use yours on (laughs) like slippery skin (laughs) because You know, like I feel like especially as a beginner, you don't want to risk some kind of slip of the blade because you had something too slippery on your skin, so to speak. Yeah, you don't have the control that you need. You know, I always tell people to make sure that they've got a good grip on it. Don't hold it like a fan brush. Like, and you know, if you look at our videos and stuff, I always say, you know, like you want to make sure you've got your hand on it. And then I like to put my finger on the metal part. And this is an aluminum handle, so it gives you a lot more control. It's a solid piece of aluminum, so it's just more steady in your hand. If your skin is clean and dry and you're holding it correctly and you're pulling your skin taut, 
you shouldn't nick yourself. And I mean, it's like, you know, if you nick yourself, it happens. It's a little shaving. Nick, it heals really quickly. Usually you don't even see it. We'll uh, have to do some sort of video. Kirby or I will record ourselves dermaplaning our skin, or maybe you can for our Instagram. But can you walk through how you should use your dermaplaning tool to our audience for those who are not familiar and who have never done it to themselves? Yep. So like we talked about clean, dry skin, I always recommend pulling your hair fully back off your face. It's just a lot safer. It's a lot easier, less possibility for you to like take off something you don't want. (laughs) All of a sudden you have bangs (laughs) (laughs) or no eyebrow. So when you dermaplane, you always want to be at a 45 degree angle to your skin. So again, like we just talked about making sure you're holding the handle and you've got a good grip on it. And then we designed this. So when you look at our blades, there's this white beveled piece that goes around the blade. And we did it that way so that you could get that 45 degree angle to your skin. You don't want it perpendicular. That's dangerous. And if it's just sort of flat to the skin, obviously it's not going to do anything. So you really want it resting at a 45 degree angle. And then the most important thing is you want your hand behind the blade, pulling your skin taut. So whatever direction the blade is going in, you'll want your hand behind that white piece or in other words, behind whatever direction the blade is going in. So whatever's going to be more comfortable for you with whatever hand, you know, we designed the tool, the handle. So, you know, it's ambidextrous. I personally like to go in a sort of a downward and diagonal direction when I'm doing myself in a professional setting, obviously somebody's laying in front of me and I go up and that's, but I find it, you can use this tool going in an upward direction. I find it easier and safer to kind of go in a diagonal downward But then when I go on the other side of my face, on my left side, I'm going in a different direction instead of trying to like maneuver my hand all over my face. I don't know how Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain on audio. So like on my right side, I'm going kind of downward direction towards my lip. And then when I move over to my left side, I might be going more in like a little bit of an upward direction and then down. So really you kind of got to find what's going to work best for you. The biggest thing is clean, dry skin, 45 degree angle to the skin and pulling it taut. And then another really big thing is make sure you leave the blade on your skin and you're just going to do light feather strokes. You don't need a lot of pressure. It is a sharp blade. So light feather strokes kind of going back and forth. And then when you lift the blade off, you can wipe it on your tissue or your towel and then resume the treatment, but don't lift the blade while you're doing the treatment because you can make yourself. Okay. That's a great tip. Where do you dermaplane? Do you do your forehead? Do you do your nose? Do you do your chin? I do it all. You do it all. (laughs) I do it all. I do my chin, my jawline, my forehead. I do my neck. Sometimes I'll even get in there on my chest. If I've got enough time on my hands. And, you know, I was going to share with your listeners, as you guys know, we are launching a new touch-up blade over Labor Day weekend. And it's a little mini guy. And it makes it so much easier to do, like, in between your brows, your brows, your nose and like even above your lips and below your lips. So, and even along your hairline, if you really want to get in here. So it's not meant to do the whole face. It's actually sharper than the OG, but it's designed for really for precision. So we're really telling people if you're like an expert dermaplaner at home and it's more of an advanced treatment, we're going to be selling these as refill packs and it attaches right onto the handle. Love it. When it comes to like upper lip, nose, middle of the eyebrows. It is very, very effective. I'm so excited that you're launching it. I actually love dermaplaning my forehead, but I get like really nervous like along the hairline because I don't know if I'm going too far. (laughs) 
Like, I'm like, am I going to like have a receipt? Exactly. So like, how far (laughs) should we go? Um, And that's exactly why this touch up blade is so perfect. Not only can you like really get down into, you know, precisely around your brows, but around your hairline. So really whatever you're comfortable with, you know, I mean, if you want to leave the little peach fuzz there, you can, or if you want to get a more precision line around your crown, you can do that too. And this will allow you to do it. And it's really tiny. So it's super easy to maneuver around your face. You don't need a lot to, to get it off, to get the dead skin and the, and the peach fuzz off or the hair. No balding for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've kind of gone through the gamut of everything you need to know about like actually dermaplaning, who it's great for, all of that good stuff. Can we talk about aftercare? I think this is just as important as like the technique of dermaplaning your face what are some things that we should not be applying to our skin after dermaplaning? And what types of products do you think that we should be using or looking for? So typically in a professional setting, after the treatment, we usually apply a peel. So I'm always an advocate for applying a light to medium depth peel, a little boost of, you know, chemical exfoliant that'll also, you know, depending upon what peel you're using and the types of acids that are in it can help with further dislodging the pores, calming inflammation, brightening, hydrating. If you're a fan of peels and you have one, it will feel a little more spicy after you dermaplane. And I'm sure you guys know this. I like it. I like the spice. (laughs) You can have an ice roller to cool it down if you need, but that's one thing you can do post dermaplaning. And then really I would go into, it depends. I mean, you want to use serums, right? Because you just removed that skin and the products are going to really work a lot harder. So kind of depending upon what it is that you're looking to achieve with your skin and what serums you're using. So if you're struggling with dark spots, you know, you might want to get, like, I'm a big fan of using our growth factors to help speed up cell turnover. You know, you can certainly use vitamin C, you can use lots of other things that'll help lift dark spots. If you're struggling with dry skin, you know, obviously like a good, you know, hyaluronic acid serum is great. And then, you know, maybe finish with a nice moisturizer and oil. If you're struggling with like fine lines, the dermaplaning is going to help because just by removing that dead skin, it helps with fine lines. It helps with dryness. It's going to also lift the dark spots, but, you know, using serums with peptides and stem cells and things like that. So there's lots of different things that you can treat post dermaplaning. I would avoid another physical exfoliant. So I would go for like a peel and then some serums and then some hydration to finish it off. If you're looking for just like a nice glowy, radiant, dewy look. I mean, I love to dermaplane, apply our HA serum and a face oil. I think that's just like a perfect day look, especially if you're just, you know, headed off for the day. So I guess the answer to your question is it depends on what your skincare concerns are and your goals are, how you want to treat your skin. So you'll target it with those active ingredients. If you're just starting out and dermaplaning, maybe don't apply a peel after. Yeah. Like take it one step at a time. Once you feel very like in tune with dermaplaning, then you Mm -hmm. can apply a peel or whatever else you desire. But I think that's a really great. Or like an enzyme mask, you know, if you wanted a little amp or something like that, you could do that's a little more gentle. But yeah, I would start out with some serums that you're already probably using in your arsenal and then some hydration to, to seal it in. Great advice. Okay, so how often should we be dermaplaning at home? What is your recommended weekly routine? I mean, I recommend doing it weekly. I do it weekly. 
but I also use a lot of stuff that's speeding up my cell turnover. I mean, I'm using lots of peels. I use Retin-A, I use growth factor serum. If you think about like, you know, using those types of ingredients, it's speeding up your cell turnover. And, you know, as we age, unfortunately, it reduces significantly. So I'm like forcing that cell turnover and then shaving it off of the dermaplaning tool on a weekly basis. So I'm constantly sort of rejuvenating my skin in that way. You know, but it's sort of a personal preference. I mean, I like to do it weekly. We have instructions. It's safe to do weekly, but if you prefer to do it every two weeks or once a month, it's, you know, it's really kind of up to you. I would think it would be better to do every like two to three weeks. Otherwise you're sort of like fully growing back out your vellus hair. And if that's something you want to do, you know, that's a personal choice as well. I like to do it weekly because my skin is just always like smooth and clear and my products are working, you know, over time. Oh my God. Well, I was going to say, you're sort of like a walking billboard for a dermaplaning. You look amazing. Your skin looks incredible. Like so glowy. So tight. and fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I need what Carrie is Dang. doing. Exactly. Like, get me on that reg ASAP. <laughs> I do it probably like every other week. Otherwise, I start to notice my mustache hairs and then I get so insecure. And then I'm like, how long has this been growing? <laughs> Kirby, are you ever like that? I love that you have to do it every other week for your mustache hair. I'm literally like a three-day reg. I'm like, oh, mustache hair, be gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. I got like chin hair Fridays chin where I go and Fridays. pluck out some chin hairs. <laughs> and then on every third day, I take the little baby stack skincare and go to town on my mustache. And then I'll do like a full face thing like every week. Yeah. I'm an every yeah. week type of gal. Yeah. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Like you, even if you don't want to do your whole face every week, like maybe you want to spot treat certain areas and then every other week. So I think, you know, like anything with skincare, it depends. And it also is like what you're, you know, you personally are comfortable with. But yeah, you know, you could just do your stash every few days and, <laughs> and the full face. Yeah, girl. That's what I do. Stash it up. We're getting rid of those. Stash it away. Yeah. <laughs> stash it away, <laughs> please, dear God. Okay, Carrie. So you are the professional when it comes to dermaplaning. If somebody is looking for a f- esthetician to dermaplane their face, what are some things that they should look for as like a red flag? What should they be looking in terms of qualifications? Because I feel like this is a treatment that can go south real quick if they're not with the right people. I mean, you know, with anything, like look at their reviews, look at their before and afters, if they have specific training. Like I'm a PCA certified esthetician and I was trained PCA dermaplaning expert. And so anytime you're going to go in and do things like that, just look at their reviews, look at their reference, like if they have any before and afters, and that kind of tells you a lot and find out where they got their training from and make sure that they've, you know, they've done it, you know, on multiple people. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like a crucial question would be how often do you perform this? Because if it's like, oh, I do it here and there, we add it on here and there. If it's someone that's been doing it for literally years every day on their clients, that's completely different. So you just want to be cautious. Yeah. I mean, I have so many sharps boxes. I don't, you'll see them in like medical supplies. And I have like four huge containers of like dermaplaning blades and because you have to dispose of them totally. properly. So like it's years and years and years of dermaplaning yeah. in about, you know. 
Totally. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm in this for the long haul. I do this. <laughs> this is my livelihood. I will be shaving until the cows come home. <laughs> uh, Carrie, how often should we be replacing our blades? I recommend if you're going to be doing it weekly to swap the blades out monthly. So again, sorry, it depends. So it depends on your usage. You'll tell if it's dull, you know, like any razor, you need to swap it out. I tend to think like after four to five uses, you want to swap that out. So depending upon how often you're using it is how much you'll want to replace it. Oh, on that note, like how do we disinfect? Like, is there something we need to do to disinfect after each use? I just keep a bottle of, you know, regular rubbing alcohol, whatever this you know, 70% or whatever it is, or 90% in a spray bottle in my bathroom. And so I just spray it and then, you know, wipe it off with a towel and put the cap Great. back on. So yeah, it's pretty simple to keep them clean. And then, yeah, just make sure you're storing it with the cap on and not in like a makeup drawer with a bunch of junk in it. Oh my God. Can you imagine not storing it with the cap on? That is chaos. That person's chaotic. That's a chaotic person. You are asking for bad news. Am I going to get stabbed today? We don't know. Stab <laughs> roulette. Know. Here we go. The stabbing, the, in- yeah. the infections. Like who? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Um, Sarah, take it away. We have one last question for you, Miss Carrie Benjamin. You're going to be in a big blockbuster movie. You got billboards all over Los Angeles with your face on it. Who is your co-star in this movie? Who is next to you on this big billboard on Sunset Boulevard? First of all, it would definitely have to be some type of crime drama because I'm a crime junkie. I love that you know the genre. (laughs) I can probably tell you, I could tell you what I would like to act in. I'm so terrible with like, honestly, I live in Los Angeles, but I'm not like a, like super dialed into like the entertainment industry. But I mean, I don't know. The first person that comes to mind is Bradley Cooper. So I'm going to go with that. He's a Capricorn. (laughs) We love to see it. Sarah and I are Capricorns. But do you know that Bradley Cooper voices Rocket the Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy? I live for the simple things. Like how much this is going to hurt. This man is multi-talented, okay? (laughs) He does voiceover work. He does acting. He's a director. He was in the effing hangover. He's a great co-star. Yeah. When Lady Gaga was in Vegas years ago, and we went to go see her, and he did a guest cameo and came up on stage that, I don't know if you guys remember, and I mean, I think that was like... You went to that show? I happened to be there. There was like 10 of my girlfriends there were like, oh my God. (laughs) Hey. I just want to take another look at you. I would have died. My body would have levitated to this high heavens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was an amazing show. We love that answer. We adore you. Thank you so much for coming on Los Angeles, Carrie. Um, The new Blade will be out Labor Day weekend. Is that right? Yep, Labor Day weekend. So if you guys are interested, you can sign up for a newsletter or SMS, and then you'll get an announcement. But yes, we're launching at Labor Day weekend. Should be in my warehouse, hopefully by next week. Woohoo! Awesome. And where can everybody find you and Stack Skincare? You can find us on Stack Skincare on Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and then I'm at Carrie Benjamin. (laughs) Yes, if you want to see Carrie's beautiful face, make sure to follow her as well. Oh, and TikTok, of course. Oh, TikTok. Yeah. It's just so popular you forgot. Like, duh, TikTok. (laughs) I'm obsessed. I have to limit my TikTok usage. You sit down to watch a little bit, and then it could be three hours later, and I'm like, 
God, what just happened? Thank you so much for coming on the pod. We'll see Carrie skating by on TikTok soon. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Los Angeles. As always, remember to subscribe to us, follow us on Spotify, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod. Join our Facebook group, The Glam Julianos. Always full of recommendations there. And we're going to have some exciting things happening in that group soon. So you want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of it. Join the Glam Jolinas. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 